morning and welcome to church. We are glad you're here today. We believe God's got a word for all of us in here today. Hey, I'm glad you're here. And um, I have a friend of mine that's here today. My friend Jesse, and Jesse I play softball with and his wife Savannah's here today. I saw him walking in today. And uh, we're glad that he is here today and their family's there. My friend Martha's here today. Martha's here today. I was going to say if we're shouting out friends. Go ahead. You want to shout out some I friends? I shout out Martha. Shout out to my team. <laughs> hey, um, we are going to have an incredible time today. And um, the Moses want us to preach together. They actually said, man, we just want you guys to preach together. So that's why we're up here together today. No, they didn't say that. Hey, uh, we've been in a series called All You Need Is Love. And, um, and we've been going through a book of the Bible, or we're looking through a verse, Mark chapter 12, verse 31, the Bible says this. The, secondly, the second is equally important to it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Love your neighbor as yourself, no other greater commandment is these. I've been troubled by this verse because the Bible tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And we get that verse. And then the Bible tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. And the frustrating, frustrating piece I have with that is I think a lot of times I don't see, I don't see people loving people very well. And everyone's their neighbor. So I've really struggled with that passage of scripture probably this last year predominantly. Last week we learned this. We have all the love that we need in our relationship with God, we have all the love that we need in our relationship with God, and if we have that love with from God the right way, then we can love all these other people the way we're supposed to love them. And this week, let's go. What are we talking about? Love and marriage. Love and marriage. Love and marriage goes together like a. Yo, this, this church is all. This church is all. You can't have, how many of you are like, that is not true. I'm married, but I don't know where the love has gone, right? Come on, where did it go? Not where us though, babe. Did, no, we, every day, come on. love every second of We're every day. We're just crushing it. We're just, we, we never, ever, we don't even need this message today, do we? I mean, you know. No, love and marriage. We're talking about marriage today. But before all you single people are like, oh, I'm out. Let me get on Instagram. Let me post a new picture. Listen, we got something for you too. And here's the thing. If you ever hope to be married one day, then you're going to want to write this down, okay? Absolutely. If you, if you, uh, honestly, a lot of these points in here kind of go with any relationship. But I promise you that if you practice some, all of them in marriage, won't be perfect. Come on. But it'll, it'll get, it'll get you close. It cool. might get you something yeah. else too. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come so, on. So hey, you're going to want to write these points down, married or not married. But before we get in, we got a couple of things to say yeah, go ahead, go ahead. to the singles in the house. Listen, and Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7, he says, But I wish everyone were single just like I am. Y'all are like, oh, done, I'm out. No, Paul said, I wish everyone was single like me because yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. And then in verse 32 in the same chapter it says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man or woman can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities, his wife, what he's going to buy her, how big the ring he's going to get. You know, he's got to think about all these things and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who's no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities, all those kids, what's for dinner. Come on. you do the Walmart grocery pickup, but when you're single, you can just focus on Jesus. And while I know you're like, okay, for real, but like there really is a benefit to to being single. 
What yeah, do you got? I love that first verse because the Bible says that every that singleness it's a gift. Marriage is a gift. Singleness is a gift. The Bible says every good and perfect gift it comes from above. And uh, you guys have heard me say this a thousand times. There's people in this church that they're married and they wish that they were single. <laughs> and there are people in this church who are single and they wish that they are married. But both of those, yeah. both of those are are a gift. That verse says, hey, when you get married, there's a lot of work that goes with that. There's a lot, you got a lot of things to think about. You can't just think about yourself anymore. You have so much to think about. Here's what we want you to know in here today. We want to give you three things I think you need to know about singleness. Singleness is not a death sentence. Singleness is not a death sentence. If you're here today, you're like, oh, man, things are not, I wish I was married. It's not a death sentence. You're going to be okay. God has that person for you out there. Here's the second thing you need to know, that you need to be the person that God wants you to be. You need to be the person that God wants you to be so that you can be the person that you want to marry someday. I think sometimes I thought, I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to get married. And I was thinking about, I hope she's going to be what I need her to be. I hope that this person's going to be what I need them to be. And, and the whole entire time I wish, you probably wish it too, I wish I'd been working on me a little bit better. And then I get married and not, now I have to work on me. Diane's got to work on me. The church is working on me. The Lord's, everyone's working on me. And I wish that I would have worked on getting, get, learning some things and getting myself fixed up in a few different areas, but I didn't. Yeah, so one of the main advantages of being single is you do have the potential of greater focus on Christ. We believe in seasons at this church, and there's different people can serve different capacities and different seasons. Yeah. And so um, take advantage of your singleness right now and just pour into your time with God because the second you get married, you, everything starts taking your distraction. So that is completely a benefit of being single. And if you have hopes of being married one day, then get out your pens, get out your paper, because when I come, we got lots of notes. Yeah, we've got 65 pages of notes <laughs> up here. So just lean. I know you're like, man, where's, like, we sent this message to Gabe. He puts on screens for us. And he's like, is this for this week and next week and the week after? <laughs> but I we're going to no. get through it. So are you ready? <clears throat> I do want to say this. I want to give, give the guys some help today because they okay. need help. Listen, it will it will be very smart of you to take notes. I'm just going to say, they, they love when you pretend like you care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey. And we can tell when you're pretending. Yeah. Oh, no. They can pretend. <laughs> 16 years and they can tell. But at least just, just fake it, guys. Just be like, yo, no, just nod your head. Go like, God, this, I like that, you know, like <laughs> just helping them Don't out. just write the point down that says pursue each other. Don't just write that one <laughs> down. Yeah, write them all down and then later be like, okay, I wish you'd get this one. I wish, you know, no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> cool. Well, so we do have, we have seven keys to help you have a successful marriage. And so we want to encourage everyone in here to write them down. And again, a lot of these different points will just help you in your everyday relationship. So yeah. number one. Number one, The Diana, easiest one. Make communication a daily priority. Not the easiest one. No, that one's For one sure, hard. not easy. Now, if you're dating or you're newlyweds, you're like, no big deal. We talk every day and, you know. That will end. That will end. I won't, I'm not even going to ask Nicole how the, how the newlywed communication is going. But communication is not like, hey, honey, did you pack the lunches? Hey, who's picking up who? Hey, who's, who, what, get up, make sure you set your alarm. Like, that's not communication, okay? We're, we're, we're talking like, you want to have communication about what did you do? today how how are you feeling that's something where we actually had to actually go oh. to a counselor because we needed help communicating yeah I'm and, not good with expressing my feelings yeah and it wasn't like we were like hated each other I'm just like I see your mouth moving but I don't hear anything <laughs> coming out you know what I'm saying 
Um, so like we really had to go seek some help on, on how to communicate the right way and how to, things to say, things, things we were saying to each other were automatically coming off offensive and we weren't really meaning to be. But communicate daily, but don't just communicate the this and the that and the here and the there, but communicate your, your dreams and your, and your goals. In Solomon 2.15, it says, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. And basically that verse is saying, if you don't communicate every day, you're letting little foxes in yeah. that are just going to drive wedges between you more and more. So every day, catch those feelings, catch those emotions, and communicate those. In Genesis 2.25, it says, now the man and his wife are both naked, but they felt no shame. And while you might think, that's what does my this have to do? That's my favorite verse in the Bible. I know it is. I know it is. While, while yeah. you might think, what in the world does this have to do with communication? It has to do with being vulnerable and transparent in communication. These guys were so vulnerable and transparent. I mean, you can't get much much more transparent than just standing there naked in front of each other. This nope. was before the fig leaves, before all that, and they're just communicating. Like, I, I, that kind of scares me a little bit, but maybe we'll try it later. I'm down. <laughs> yes. I, I quit listening to her, but when she just said that, I started paying attention, Matt. <laughs> I feel like I should be taking notes right now. Yes, please. So anyway, so communication literally can be the hardest thing to do in marriage when you think about what actual communication is. Yeah. And so we have to communicate. Again, it's not just the, the here and the there, but it's real talk, real hopes, real dreams. What, what are we working towards? What are you, what, how are you feeling today? If they're sad, be sad with them. We're working on empathy. But be, be, be empathetic with them. Well, the and word empathy actually gives me instantaneous anxiety. I know, but it's okay. You're, you I'm are getting better. You are getting better. That's all that matters. You are getting better. Um, and here's, here's a thing that I need to let you guys know, women. I'm sorry to do this to you, but I've learned, we celebrated 16 years in January. It's a miracle. It is a miracle. Um, that our husband's. For 16 years, I thought he could read my mind, and he actually, he cannot read my mind. But maybe we could work on it, but if not, yeah, we'll try. we should communicate yeah, better, absolutely. right? So we have to communicate. I know we have some nonverbal communication, but that's really only meant to accent real communication. Okay, yeah. So we have to communicate like, like, for instance, when I'm like, when Wes says, are you good? You good, babe? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. That's simple. That means she's, that when she says I'm fine, I, I grew up in a, in a Bible college, and I had friends. I was like, hey, you good? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. When I got married, I found out that I'm fine actually means 8,000 other things. It doesn't mean I'm fine. It doesn't mean that at all. It can it mean really everything. Doesn't. It can mean I'm mad at you. It can mean I like you. It can mean yes. It can mean no. It can mean all these things. But here's a new concept. Try using words. Yeah, I've been working on that. Yeah. <laughs> that would really make yeah. it a lot easier. It really would make it a lot easier if you would let them know your expectations and you would communicate. Letting no expectations is communicating. So, so number one is to make communication a Circle the word daily priority. priority. Not weekly, not monthly, but daily you got to communicate. Tell each other I love you every day. I read this book one time called Love at Last Sight, and it's basically every time you leave someone you love, treating it as if it might be the last time and telling them you love them because you never know. So I love you. I love you too. I, it, one of the funniest things at the, at the count, when we saw the council, the counselor said, Diana, tell him how you feel. And she said, <laughs> well, he already knows. I just said, she was like, he, didn't know it, he doesn't know what you mean. Like you're going to have to say it a different way. So ladies... We're going to have to say it a bunch of and different ways. And he actually ways. said, now turn to him and look him in the eyes. So and you laughed. Turn to each other. You look laughed. at each other in the eyes and communicate. Be take vulnerable. Be transparent. I would say taking I'm fine out of the vocabulary should be one of these things. We will work on it. Yeah. Number two, give each other your best, 
not your leftovers. We are so good at helping strangers and our family and helping our kids, but sometimes we give we give our wives leftover. And here's the deal. I think sometimes we press, when we have kids and we get busy, we press snooze on our marriage. But like we'll pick up on that later. And I, I, what I'm realizing now more and more in the, in the 16 years and in the, in the leading, uh, leading couples, we press snooze. And then when it comes, the alarm goes off later, it's too late later. And so the deal is those kids that you have, they're, they're going to, they're, they're watching you guys. And so we, we, I wrote down this, give your kids a picture of what a healthy marriage should look, should look like and, and does look like. And, and something that would make them say, man, I actually want to get married. I know me, growing up in my house, I'm like, I do not want to get married. Like if this is marriage, I am not interested. Mark chapter 8, verse 36, the Bible says this. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your own, sto- and, and you lose your own soul? And I kind of modified that a little bit. What do you, what do you gain? What, what do you benefit by gaining everything and then you lose your marriage? I tell of our team, if we have 1,000 kids in our kids' ministry but you guys get divorced, that doesn't help our church. If our youth ministry is, is incredible and it's going incredible and everything's are going, kids are coming, kids are getting saved and we're baptizing, but you guys lose your marriage, that really isn't, that isn't a win for the church. It's actually, it's actually a, an L for the church. Yeah, I heard the story of this man who was so into like cars and restoring cars and racing cars and doing all the things, his hobby. Um, and one day he came home from, a, from being out for the weekend doing his, his car thing and his wife was gone and his kids were gone and he was like, what happened? And he, and she basically left him because for all these years he had given her the leftovers and he had given his first, uh, the first time on his calendar to this hobby that he had. And um, he, he piled up all his accolades in the back of his trunk and went to the dump and dumped them all out and realized that he's, he's pursued the wrong thing. He actually said this, I have failed at all the things that matter most in an attempt to succeed in things that don't matter at all. And so how many times are we, are we pouring, pouring, pouring into whatever, whatever it is that you do, and you're like, ah, when I get to you, honey, I'll, I'll get to you. Or your ki-. You know, I think sometimes we give everybody our leftovers, and we're really selfish. And where I know taking care of you is important, there's balance. And so don't, uh, don't give so much to everyone and everything else that you forget about your number one relationship that God has put in your life, which is your husband. Yeah, if you're really good at calendaring, if you use a calendar, I know it's like abnormal today. If you use a calendar, guys, let your wife have first spots on your calendar. Trust me, that will be beneficial. When you open up the year and say, here's where we're going to go, let them say, we're going to go here. I'm working on that this year in a way like I I, I could never have. And can I say this real quick too? I don't. I know some of you are going to be like, whoa, one step at a time. But we sync our calendar, so whenever he puts something on the calendar, it goes into my my phone because, believe it or not, this guy forgets to tell me things. So many times people come up to me like, did Wes tell you we're going to dinner tomorrow night? I'm like, no, but I, I'm I'm about 10 years in, I realize that's going to happen, so I don't get mad about it anymore. You <laughs> but don't? I try <laughs> not that to. Start? <laughs> I try not to. But we actually, we, no we really try to, to put in the calendar, and so it's there. I can see when he puts something in. So if that will help you, if you guys can sync your calendars, and that might help you with communication, it'll give you a point to talk about that night. Hey, honey, I saw we're doing this. Yeah, How's I'm terrible. I'm. I, it's funny because I, 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 I'm up here, and I communicate to you guys every week, and I get to go speak places, and I am, once I walk off the stage, I'm not really good at communicating. I tell our team stuff, and they're like, we don't know what you're saying. I'm like, well, you're not listening, you know, and they're like, and what I found out recently in this last, now that we have m- multiple teams, I'm like, it's not, it's not Diana that doesn't get me. It's, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm failing, I'm failing to communicate. Here's the third thing. One more thing on that real quick, though. You can't he keep is on 100%, saying one more thing. The, the real good thing, though, is that you have 
you've like admitted that you want to work on your communication and I think that's the first part is being humble and whatever it is that you need to work on and I I I will tell you it's never good when I'm like hey you're not communicating right you're horrible that doesn't help the situation no so thank you I but I'm that. I'm I'm happy that you're working on it Did and you you've gotten really good at it no, kidding. number three be each other's biggest encourager not the biggest critic I've learned that there are enough critics out there and Dinah has her own critics and her own self-talk she has to worry about half my own self-talk that I have to worry about and so I need to be my Dinah's biggest encourager not her biggest critic the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 hey here's an idea be kind to each other like that would work for everybody like I need to be I be kind to my wife but I should be kind to Jess on the front on the second row and I should be kind to Joy in the first row like we should be kind to everybody first Thessalonians 5 11 says this here's another one encourage each other and build each other up Yelling at people and screaming at people via social media or via text message or being mad and raising your voice at, at your wife, that does not help. I, I grew up in a home where my, where my dad raised his voice and I don't raise my, because of that, I don't raise my voice at Diane. Encourage each other. I try not to anyways. Encourage each other and build each other up. And then Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says this, the tongue can bring death or life. The tongue, guys and girls in here, maybe guys more, I don't know, but the tongue can bring death or life. Yeah, here's the thing. Encouragement, it really doesn't come natural to us. So it's something we have to work on. Um, and so it's got to be cultivated. Uh, so here's four things, sub points. I like all the points. So four things, ways you can encourage. Because for some people, they're like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, what do I say? What do I do? I'm really mad at him. It's really hard for me to think of something. Oh, that's to why encourage you like all the sub points? Yes, I love that's, I, I love that's, that's I'm like, hey, okay, I can check this. That's a great this. idea. I can, okay, number one, I'm going to smile because... <laughs> How many of you know it's better to smile at your husband than give him the other kind of face? You know what I'm saying? Stank face. Yes. We'll call it that. Yeah. yeah. So number one is to smile. Number two is speak encouragement. Say hello. Say good morning, honey. How are you today? Right? Yeah, you have to find the right time to do that. If they're not a morning person, you might want to steer clear of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, uh, it yeah. <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe's on her head. Joe's like, not if he talks person. to me before... The morning person, time. not the morning person. <laughs> okay, go on, so smile, speak encouragement, write it out. Maybe if they're not a morning person, just leave a little note on the bathroom mirror or right by their bed when they wake up. Or a text. When you leave the house, when they wake up, they check their text. Write it out and then four, give if a your compliment. Kids, I need to interject real quick because you, you've interjected a handful of times. So let, me get, <laughs> let me get mine in. If you're guys and girls in your day, man, those text messages, they go, they can be really good or they can be really, really bad. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be like, because it's hard to tell, but like, Kindness usually, kindness usually goes through pretty well. Your negativity or your frustrations, those get ugly really, really fast. Like when you write, you good? I'm fine. You're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> well, which, which I'm fine is it like, anyway, so I just want to encourage you. Like, man, and don't you, put dot, dot, dot. Yeah, after. dot, dot, dot never helps, ladies. <laughs> Guys, if you are dot, dot, dotter, don't use dot, 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 dot. That does not, that never that never that's not encouraging. No, that doesn't communicate. That communicates like I'm going to kill you when you get home. Yes. That's what that means yes. essentially. So send all the text messages. If your kids check your phone, 
use a different kind of app to send those text <laughs> messages, if you know what I'm saying. The that last thing I would notes, say on that is um, that where you want to encourage each other, you also want to surround yourself with other couples who will be encouraging to you and not discourage you. Surround yourself with people who encourage you. And I read something the other day, like, it's 100% okay to, to hit mute on people on social media. If every time you see it, it discourages you, hit the mute button. You don't, if you're scared to unfollow like I am because you don't want to really make people mad, just hit mute. They don't know you press yeah. mute. Okay? Um, but surround yourself with people who want your marriage to succeed who will help you be encouraged. Um, and I would put, put other godly couples around you. Don't If all your friends are not pursuing Jesus, they're probably not going to encourage you to, to stick it in the long haul with your marriage. So Yeah, come on. Number four, continue to pursue each other. I tell y young couples all the time, I just finished coaching two young couples that are getting married, um, one on Friday and one on Saturday. And I've, I've told both of them this, whatever you did to get the person, you've got to continue to do while you're married to them. I asked the guy that is, when's the last time you bought your, 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 your wife flowers? And like, I can't even remember. I'm like, well, that's because you're an idiot. You know, like buy the flowers, you know, like do the kind things that you did to pursue that person. Continue to do those. First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 3 says this. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs in case you didn't know. And that's in the, I, I love the Bible. This is my second favorite verse. The first word. And I, I don't know why I never saw it before, but that's my second. I have a running tally of first and second. But, hey, guys, dating is essential. Guys in here today, dating is essential. And they like it better, guys, if you plan it. They don't want to plan it every single time. Um, guys, this says right here, guys, say, guys typically have a stronger physical drive. I think it meant to say sexual drive. And they have a one-track one track mind. And, uh, guys, when we wake up, we think about two things. When are we going to eat and when are we going to, you know, those are the two things that we're usually, that we're usually thinking about. Uh, ladies, it's a little bit different uh, for them. Guys, ladies are more like a crock pot and guys are more like a microwave. Just 30 seconds and like, let's go. Ladies, four hours, you know, like they have to be prepared for that. So here's the deal. Be thoughtful. Some of you guys are like, this is so practical. Be thoughtful. Be thoughtful in your pursuit. Let me, I know I'm all fun and games, but let me, let me be super, super, super um, straight with you guys today. I, I, for, and we've talked about this. Like we, we eat, sleep, and breathe, you guys. And I'm tired of helping walk people through divorces. Will we be there for you? If you do, we will love you. But that, that's, that's, that's taking an emotional toll on us. And so while you're here today, you're like, man, this is silly. I can't believe he's talking about this. Like, we just want to help you. And if you're single in here today, you know that we're going to help you too. Like we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to pave the ground for some people and help them have successful marriage. Because no one, no one in here, I don't want to go too far off the notes, but no one in here got married because they thought once I get married I can get divorced. But we're seeing divorce happen as much or more than we are seeing marriages. So we have to be thoughtful. You have to continue to pursue each other, continue to pursue each other, serve each other. And there may be great payoff in the end. Wink, wink, wink. There's three barriers to pursuit. The first one is kids. Kids is a barrier to pursuit. Um, that I don't. That goes without saying. We, we moms in here today. Sometimes I think sometimes you guys put your kids first because we're so absent. Like I'm just gonna put my kids first. And so a kid is a barrier to pursuit. Time's a barrier to pursuit. Everyone's going too fast. Diane and I looked at each other and she said, "We gotta slow down." My buddy called me today. He goes, "You know what? I'm, my biggest fear for you, my, my my pastor friend. He goes, my biggest fear for you is that you guys lead this church and it's a growing church and you guys reach a lot of people." And you guys get to the very, and you graduate your kids, and your kids move off, and you guys look at each other and say, man, we are really, really good business partners. And I was like, 
dang, that hurts. And he, we, he was just challenging, he was challenging our pace. I'm meeting with our trustees this week, and my, in my notes it says to tell them, I'm going really, really fast right now. So they can make sure to really, really fast right now. So, you know, put the shocky paddles on me if I need them, or also to make me slow down. And then three bears pursue kids, time, and third one is money. Um, here's what we always tell our kids when our kids are like, oh, why are you guys going on date night again? Donnie used to always say to them. Do you want us to get divorced? <laughs> we got to go on a date. <laughs> That's what we say. Hey, divorce attorneys are way more expensive than date nights. Come on. Uh, we have attorneys in here today, and they're like, you just messed up my business. <laughs> um, but it is way, it, it makes way more sense to go on date nights than it does to have to file file for divorce. So continue to pursue each other, continue to pr pursue each other. Number five. Number five is to pray with and for each other daily. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, never stop praying. And this is something that we are constantly on again, off again. And we're constantly having to say, okay, we've slacked off. we got to do this again. And I was talking to someone who um, is trying to practice this in their marriage, and she's going to a counselor. And she said, my counselor actually told me this. She asked me how my prayer life was with my husband. Because honestly, your prayer life with your spouse, if you're both following Jesus, if it's really poor, then that's probably going to be your answer to why you're arguing so much that week. Mm -hmm. If you never take time to honor God together or pray together, um, it's, it's going to come in between your relationship. But um, this person told me that my counselor told me to just start saying two-sentence prayers. Let him say two and let me say two before we walk out the door. One for myself and one for him. Not You don't have to sit down and, and do a huge devotion. I mean, that's awesome if you get there, but if you're like, you got to start somewhere. So for us sometimes, it's after everybody's in bed. We lay in bed. We hold hands. We pray for a couple minutes. And then we roll over on each other, on our sides and go to bed sometimes. Yeah. And I get, on my, I get on my little sliver, just get around that edge there. <laughs> I, can't be, I can't be any more on the side. She doesn't have to move at all. I just roll over and just right there, my hand's hanging off. <laughs> Does every guy have that problem? I don't know. It's just me. But I get on that little edge there and I just sleep there. Too yeah. far. <laughs> so, so guys, pray oh, let together. me help you. Guys, you're like, I've never prayed before with my spouse. We've been in groups where I'm like, hey, somebody pray. And they're like, oh, please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. It's just talking to God. So yeah. saying, hey, uh, God, help me today to, to be a good leader at work. And God, be with Diana and help her to have a great day. Or God, you know, God, help in our house. Let's see who's in here today. God, please help Diana not to kill any of our kids today, you know. <laughs> it depend on which one it is that day. Just praying for them. Like, it doesn't give you this long prayer, like minutes. You're but like, you gotta ah, start somewhere. Yeah, start somewhere. Yeah. It'll it'll grow, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah, so I would say pick a time and a place. And if you even need to put a calendar reminder in your phone so it dings and says it's time to pray with your husband, it's time to pray with your wife. Um, for a long time, that made me upset when I would see a, a thing pop on on his phone that said, "Remember to tell Diana what happened today." I'm like, "Are you <laughs> kidding me? You have to." Rem but listen, if that's what it takes, if he's got to put a reminder in his phone to tell me, then I'm I'm cool with that. So if you have to put a reminder in your phone to pray with your spouse, if you got to start somewhere. Eventually, it will become a habit. But here's three benefits to praying together. It will calm you, it gives you peace, and it really does bond you together as a couple. So start somewhere, pick a time and a place, and put it in your calendar. But pray with and for each other daily. Yeah, and guys in here today, if you do these things, I, I know there's things in, we've, we've been married, and I'm like, man, I wish Dinah would do this differently. I wish Dinah would do this differently. I'm, I, I'm sure her list is way longer th th than my list. <laughs> Um, I wish she would do this. I wish she wouldn't say this. I wish she wouldn't do this. And and I think here's what I've learned in marriage. If I will do these things that we're talking about, Diana typically picks up on those things that I wish that she would change or or that she would do. Does that make sense? Or the same thing for her to ask, you know, I'm just going to do my part. I think one of the, one of the most important things I, I, I heard you say one time is that 
um, in it that a couple was, was, you know, a couple walked into the counselor's office, and they were like, cool, what do I need to do, what do I need to, do um, to fix my wife? And he's like, and the guy began to write down all the things that he wishes he could fix about his wife, and, and then write down all the things that your wife wishes she could fix about you and the, and the, and the husband. I don't want, this is your note, so I'm not going to tear him up. But, um, but the, 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 the counselor said, okay, tear the page in half, and you got both, and, and the counselor said, now go work on your half. Like, if we would work on ourselves, that would be, that would be miraculous and incredible um, for our marriage. Number six, keep dreaming new dreams and making new memories together. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 2 says this. I love this verse. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your, strengthen your stakes. Like, get prepared for more. Be, like, your marriage could be better. King Solomon, the wisest man ever lived, said this. The end of something is better than the beginning. Like, let's dream a little bit. Let's make it, let's make it uh, be better. So here's some ideas for dreams and memories. Go on trips and, and projects. Go, go on trips and go on, pro, do, do projects together and go on trips. They're, they're so much fun. I saw Joe uh, helping Chris do something the other day, which typically, typically just for her and probably for me, it's just, just hold that tool, you know. Just stand there and smile and cheer me on. Um, but do some projects together. If you're not good at projects together, like if that's going to end your marriage, then don't do a project together. Um, but do some projects. We go don't on do trip. a lot of projects together. One of the things that Diana started encouraging us to do is we start going to the mountains every fall. And I, I, I first I didn't want it because I like to be a, I like to be here. I like to I like to work. I like I like to be in my house. I I generally like sitting on my couch. And but that's made that I've gotten better at going on those trips. And but those are fun. Um, serve together at church. Hey, a lot of you guys, you you go to work every day and you go separate. And there's nothing that you guys do together. And we want to encourage you, man, get on this dream team and serve together. And if it's on this dream team, go to Boys and Girls Club and, 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 and mentor somebody. Like, if you do something together ministry-wise, um, I saw this uh, couple, uh, the Cristellas, they, have, they, they lead a group that starts tonight. And they also have an, an adventure group. And then one of the person that was on the, if you're not in the adventure group, you can get in. It's, it's so inclusive. And, um, but they're like, you can come in whenever you want. You can miss a month and come back next month. But this adventure group, like everyone can go on the adventure group. It's outdoors and, you know, and you could go be all those things. But this lady posted, man, I, I so bad needed this group of people. And, and I thought, man, it's so cool that the Costellas are doing this together. You need some ministry to do together. Um, and then maybe, I don't reckon this for everybody, but maybe you, you have a, a dream for a business. Like go and start that business together. Keep dreaming new dreams and making new memories. And I think these guys, guys, they want to go on an adventure. They don't go to the same, well, I mean, they want to go to the same restaurants all the time, but they would like to go do something else beside that too. Like go, like make them do something you've never done before. If you've never been canoeing before, take them canoeing. Like you'll find out what kind of marriage you really have. You know, like if you've never, you know, if, if your wife will let you, mine wouldn't. But like if you guys can, if you can talk your spouse into jumping out of an airplane together, like go jump out of an airplane together. Like it'll be awesome. Like do some crazy fun stuff together. Number seven. Yeah. Number seven, last but not least, is never, ever, ever give up on each other. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I would say this, some of you are like, you don't understand how long I've endured this. It's been way too long, and you don't understand what's going on. And obviously, there are some situations that we would not want you to stay in an unhealthy situation. And so we would tell you to seek help or come see us, and we'll help you seek help. But if there's a place when you've never sought help in your marriage and you're just like, ah, thrown in the towel, I understand that it may take a long time to, to help heal that wound, but I believe that Jesus can restore anything. Yeah. And I've seen some incredible restorations of marriage. There's a, a 
huge public public speaker who has written a whole book on the restoration of her marriage, and I'm like, man, if she can have hope and she outlines everything that happened, like, it, it should give you hope. And so I don't know where your marriage is up, where your marriage is at, but I would encourage you to not give up, especially if you've never sought counsel before or or godly wisdom. I, I think sometimes we, we go and look what Dr. Phil said or what Steve Harvey says, and listen, they're funny, but like, why don't we go see what the Bible says or what Come our pastor on. would say or what a yeah. Christian counselor might say? And while that might mean putting some distance before we before we come back together, but don't don't just give up on each other. Um, don't get tired of doing what is good. God has put you together. And I think of one of the lines when I think you say this, but my dad, I watched my dad do lots of weddings. And he said what I think it's in the Bible, too. What God have joined together, let no man put asunder. And it says, don't, don't, let's don't just give up and just give up so easily. And I would say this, that you, you don't just give up based on your feelings. You got to pour into this because you committed to each other. Because our feelings, sometimes they lie to us. Our feelings sometimes are, girls, um, you know how we are. Our feelings are up and down and this way and that way. And um, so don't, don't give up on each other. Seek, we're, we're here to help you and to give you counsel if you need counsel, but don't give up on each other. And yep. then in closing, we just want to talk to you guys. I will, I will say this every time we talk about marriage because this makes, I'm a, I'm a very, I like to see something, and, and if it makes sense, I can just make it work. But the, there's uh, Emerson Egrich, I think is his name. He wrote a book called Love and Respect, and um, love and respect is the cycle. So read, why don't you read that scripture? In there? Yeah, here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 21. It says this, and further... Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body. The wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives. We're not good at that. Wives aren't good at respecting, but we're supposed to be good, get better at it. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave his life for her to make her holy and clean. And the Bible says, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. Verse 31, as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration. Get this, I love this phrase. It is an illustration. Our marriage is an illustration. Our marriage is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And the Bible says this, So again, I say this, each man love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So I just want to show you guys this diagram real quick. I think you guys have it on the screen. Um, This is the love and respect cycle. I think they call it the energizing cycle. And when we fall off of this, it's called the crazy cycle. And oftentimes we say to each other, hey, I think we're in the crazy cycle, which means either he's got to start loving me or I've got to start showing the respect or submitting to him. And I know ladies are like, what in the world? This is 2021. We we really have to do that still? Yes. The Bible actually says we should submit ourselves to our husband. We should be respectful to our husband. And when we do that, it makes him want to love us. And when he loves us, guess what it makes us want to do to him? Respect him. And it's this cycle. And sometimes when the cycle is off, 
somebody has to humble themselves yeah. and somebody has to love or somebody has to respect to get the cycle going. And this isn't just because this is a cool cycle that works. It's because that cycle is based off of this verse from yeah. Scripture. That you're supposed to love us, husbands. You're supposed to love us even on our darkest, ugliest days. You're still supposed to love us just like Christ would love the church. Aren't you guys glad that Christ doesn't not love us yeah. on our darkest, on. ugliest days? And I'm still supposed to respect him and honor him on his darkest, ugliest days because this is who God has given to me as my husband. And so um, I love I love marriage. I love working towards marriage. I love being married to you. But it, it is, it does take a lot of work, but the work is really, really worth it. I want to invite everyone to stand to your feet. If you're married in here today, I want to pray for you. If you want to be married one day, I want to pray for you because I believe prayer changes things. I, pray, I believe prayer takes the ordinary and it applies some super ordinary in here today. Some of you guys are here, I believe that God has something special for you out there and the person that you're looking for. But I want to encourage you today, be that person that you want that person to be before that person gets there. Maybe God's, maybe God's not done working on you yet. Furthermore, maybe God's still working on that person to make them ready to make sure you don't marry a goober like I was, you know, like that would need lots of work. And so maybe God's preparing preparing that other person, preparing you. And I want to say to you today, if you're here today, you're like, this ain't working. I want to encourage you, it's not too late. It's not too late. Let's fight. The things that are the best for us in life usually take the most amount of work. Let's fight. I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. Lord, I pray right now for the person here today that's saying, man, I wish that I had someone to love me. And I wish I had someone that I can respect. Lord, I pray that right now you would help that person. You would encourage that person. Let them know that you're out there. You're working the desires of their heart. You're working on that person. Lord, for the person here today who's saying, man, I'm married and it's not working. Or I'm married and it's not what I thought it would be. Or I'm married and it's just, it's so much harder than I thought it was going to be. I pray that right now you would encourage them and let them know that you've got a plan. You want to work and encourage them to go out and do the right thing and to, to love and to respect and to communicate and to pursue. Lord, help me to work on me, God. When my marriage isn't working, God, I want to go to you and then I want to go to me and get my life right and make sure my life is right. And when my life is right, I can go to Diana. God, I pray right now a special anointing on the house that we call Hope Church that you would anoint it. I pray that we can begin to break generational curses. There are people in here today that their parents got divorced and their grandparents got divorced and they decided when they got married that they were going to be the end of the divorce cycle in their marriage. Lord, I pray that over Hope Church right now. I pray that our children and their children and their children will watch the marriages that we're having today and they would say, man, we're going to do that. We're going to copy the marriages at Hope Church. We're going to be for married. We're going to love and respect the way Christ tells us to, God. We're going to have marriages that people in the community look up to and say, man, we want that. If that's what it looks like, that's what I want. I don't want what the world has to offer. I want what you have to offer, Lord. So I pray today that we would be in tune with the kind of marriages that you want us to have. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, Chelsea's going to sing this over our marriages today. I want to invite you that if you're married in here today, that you would grab each other's hands. Maybe you hold hands with one and worship with the other.